Welcome to A Space for Growth, an extension of our ever-evolving platform, Our Communal Diary. My name is Pilar. And my name is Zoe, and we're here to cultivate a community dialogue on beauty, culture, and career as we experience it. Through conversations with each other and our inspiring guests, we hope to add new perspectives for your own personal journey. Welcome to A Space for Growth. everybody. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of A Space for Growth. Welcome back, everybody. This is the third time that we are trying to record this episode (laughs) because I was trying to be fancy and like use a new headphone situation and it just wasn't working. So yeah, no, we were first of all, where have we been? Let's just start there. As we're going through this trial and error, we did our podcast episode on burnout and that definitely kind of saw a few few weeks after that. So we're just trying to get back into it. Um, we're so excited to be back. We've been thinking of a lot of fun ideas and we've gotten some good suggestions from our friends and other listeners. So we're excited. Back better than ever. Back better than ever. Um, yeah, sometimes... <laughs> when the topic of burnout comes to mind, you should just take it and be like, maybe I'm burnt out. Right. And I need a week (laughs) off. (laughs) Exactly. So we did as we were preaching. 100%. Well, P, how was your week before we get into what I think is going to be a really exciting conversation today? Yeah. My week was pretty good. Um, It's been pretty nice here in good old Minnesota in terms of weather. It's a lot of snow, but it's so nice and sunny. Um, but I'm actually going to California this week, so I'm kind of more so not looking back. I'm like looking forward. I'm so excited. So I'll be in Newport beach. I'm excited. That's super exciting. You're going to get some good weather. You have a lot of traveling coming up. I do. One of my trips is New York with you. (laughs) (laughs) We're spending her birthday with her and some friends and oh my gosh, it's going to be so so insane I'm so excited not excited to like age but excited to like celebrate my birthday with right. like all my friends I think it'll be such a fun time but yeah have fun in Newport Beach get super tan thank you oh I can't wait I need that I just need the sun and I also feel like I just need to like relocate for a second I'm like yeah too excited 100%. what about you how was your weekend how was my weekend? It was good. You know, I had a good weekend. <laughs> That's good. all I'll say. My weekend. I had a good weekend. I am glad that you had a good weekend. We oh, love a the weekend. highlight of my weekend, mm-hmm. I got an iPad. Oh my gosh, she like won't stop talking about this iPad. And I said to her, I was like, yeah, sure, an iPad's great. But after a while, it's like, what are you really doing with this iPad? And you even said... You have nothing to do with it, really, at this stage. No, I I mean, yeah, at my big age, I don't need an iPad. I'm obsessed with it, truly. I think my life is turned for the better ever since I got this iPad. (laughs) No, I will say, though, I don't even blame you. Like, there's something about it that seems like it would do some, you know, life-changing tricks. And I don't know what yet. I don't know (laughs) what that is. But I'm convinced. 
Apple, if you want to sponsor me and like get me to sell iPads for you, I will do it. I'm obsessed with the iPad. Like I had someone say to me, they were like, are they still even making iPads? That's crazy. And I was like, yeah, they are. And they're intense. They're the best. No, they are amazing. I don't blame you. I'm jealous. In fact, you can play with my iPad when you come to New York. Yeah, when I come to New York. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. Girl, you guys are going to have quite the the episode when we're together. So Quite the episode. Okay, everybody. So this week we're going to be talking about um, kind of like a psychological concept. Um, We're going to be talking about codependency. Yes. Which I feel like already is probably making people stressed. (laughs) Like just the idea of am I codependent or I'm thinking of someone who's codependent. I feel like codependency does have a negative connotation, right? I mean, is it a good thing? Maybe that's how I'll just first ask like my first question. Can it be? For the people who don't even know what codependency is, let's start with like the definition. But before we even get there, we just want to preface that like we are not therapists we are not experts in codependency but we think that it's actually something that a lot of people experience that they just don't talk about as much so that's why we really want to just bring awareness to something that affects a lot of people something that affects people that we know and yeah let's what is codependency like can you tell us yeah okay so I actually looked this up and it says in sociology Codependency is a concept that attempts to characterize imbalanced relationships where one person enables another person's self-destructive tendencies and or undermines the other person's relationship. Definitions of codependency vary, but typically include high self-sacrifice, a focus on others' needs, suppression of one's own emotions, and attempts to control or fix other people's problems. It's so a, it's a juicy, a juicy definition. <laughs> it's thick. It's juicy. And throughout this episode, we're going to be breaking down different parts of it because I'm sure that, that was just like overwhelming for people right. to hear. Like we've been talking about this for two days just because it's such like a thick definition. But right. codependency is basically like it takes people pleasing and it's it's exemplified. It's even mm-hmm. deeper than that. Mm-hmm. And you will find a lot of people in codependent relationships are also people who are in abusive or traumatic relationships like an example that's really popular is like if you had a parent or a partner that was an alcoholic and you had to take care of them you're in a codependent relationship because you were always attempting to control or fix their problem and you were suppressing your own needs for the benefit of that Mm -hmm. other person so to get to your question of like is codependency a bad thing it's interesting. Like I listened to a podcast about this. Like I'm obsessed with Naked Beauty Planet, Brooke DeVard's podcast. And she had her friend on and her friend was in like a 12 step rehab for codependent, like for codependent people. Like they have programs mm-hmm. for that. Cause it's right. so hard to like get yourself out of thinking in that way. Right. And the girl was saying in the beginning of the episode, she was like, people used to tell me I was codependent for years and I never thought it was a bad thing because it was like, I'm helping somebody else. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's interesting first and foremost let me just preface she's listened to this episode maybe 10 times and maybe that's oh, it's the like... best episode guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. I think even if you aren't codependent you need to listen right. to it 
it's just, no, I listen to it. And I do think that it really is interesting because I, I mean, kind of back to your first point, not a lot of people really know what codependency is. I would say I probably didn't even really understand the concept of it within the past few years. I think that there's different traits that can come up into where you can see, oh, okay, maybe that is a codependent relationship. But when you kind of get to this first piece of like, is it a good thing or a bad thing? I do think sometimes people can get something from making someone else feel good, or they can get something from being like a lifeline or the support, you know, there's this, yeah. like, I don't know, it could kind of lead into a savior complex to a certain degree, but mm. you know, but as you're having her, advanced thoughts, right, I am <laughs> maybe are. just like after a full days of work, my brain just is fried. And now we're just thinking in this new dimension. I don't know. Yeah. You tapped into like another level. Cause you were not talking <laughs> like this when we talked I was about not. this yesterday. I was not. No, you're right. But I really do think there is a point where if you are maybe feeling like that savior complex or whatnot, I could see you benefiting from being in that position. But I think the unhealthy part is to me, it's just an unhealthy relationship. Like to me, that's not sustainable. Like savior complexes, I think are not good. So it's like, ultimately you can convince yourself like this woman did. You can convince yourself into believing that you're helping or this is healthy or if there's something good that's happening here. But I really do think when you kind of get down to like the bare bones of it, I don't think that anything good is going to come of it. A hundred percent. I mean, when you look at a codependent dynamic, there's one person that has major problems that no one else is going to be able to solve except for that person. Mm -hmm. Like addiction or like they're a narcissist or they just have a lot of heavy trauma. You know, Mm -hmm. that can be a thing too. Like if somebody's dealing with a lot of heavy trauma and you have another person that's coming in that like, is like, okay, you know what? I don't need to be sad today because their problems are so much bigger than mine. Yeah, That's not healthy to like constantly be suppressing your own emotions to be like in for the benefit of the other person versus being like, you know what? There's some things that like, I'm not going to be able to help them with. They need to be able to figure these things out themselves. And I think that can be also like really hard to do when you really love and care about somebody mm-hmm. and they're going through something really hard to be like, I can't be there for you in that moment. Yeah, no, I think so. Definitely. I feel like there is a point where, I mean, this kind of gets back to like one of our other episodes where we talked about therapy and our friends and just like the relationship that you can have with others and how you know your friend is not your therapist and vice versa. And I think there kind of gets to be this point where you do have to find a that that's the balance like I think sometimes with codependency it can kind of get into the weeds of like what is this and like even when we speak of trauma or you know these different kind of like maybe mental health things that are happening I feel like it takes even a long time to identify what that is and so sometimes it's almost just like to me I think you can assess hmm is this a codependent relationship that I'm in just based on like is there a balance that you're finding in this? Because if it's imbalanced, there might be something there that you still can't even really say what it is. You might not know that that other person is having, you know, trauma that they're now kind of resurfacing or like, you don't always know the full inner workings of it. But I do think if you can identify like a certain level of trauma or imbalance, whatever that looks like for you, that's where I feel like you can start to kind of question, okay, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. You know what I mean? 
Now, the imbalance piece is huge. Like, yeah. the fact that you kept emphasizing that is huge. Um, when you look up, like, codependent relationship, the first thing yeah. that will pop up is that the other person takes advantage of the person that's a caretaker. Yeah. So it's not even really, like, the person that is struggling or the person that needs the caretaker is unaware that they mm-hmm. are, they're, like, taking up all this space. You know what I mean? Like, they're aware of it. Mm. And they're taking advantage of your good nature. You, think? you know what I mean? I think oh, so. See, yeah. That, I don't know. And maybe, honestly, I have definitely been in a codependent friendship where someone was codependent on me. But okay. I don't think I have That ever they were aware of it? I don't. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I don't actually think I've ever thought that. I feel like, so, and maybe this is also in my head anyone I'll kind of convince myself of okay this is a result or like this person is acting this way as a result of things that they just do not even have control of so whether that's like your family or yeah. something bad that happened to you or blank 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 and so sometimes I find it hard to feel like that person knows but in the same respect I don't even know if this is a parallel so stop me if I go crazy but okay. we're all on the euphoria, you know, vibe. We all are watching euphoria, whatever. And we I are. think there was a, I think it was the second to last, if not the third to last episode where Rue had her big meltdown. She's kicking out, kicking through the door, whatever. But there was a moment of that scene where she was starting to cry and being like, please, please, please. Can I have my drugs? Can I have my drugs? And it was almost in a manipulative way where one minute she's like pure rage. And the next minute there's like this really sad vibe where you're almost wanting to give into it. To me, I think even though she's in a horrible position because addiction, you can't control that. It's not in your hands, but I do believe that she knew how manipulative she was being in that moment. You know what I mean? I think you that, know. That I think is the perfect example of a codependent relationship like her and her mom is right. what you're saying. Yeah. It's 100%. like, and maybe in that case, I do think, you know, to your point that you were saying, typically that person who's being codependent kind of knows like how they're taking advantage of the situation. I believe like Rue, I believe Rue knew how she was trying to take advantage of that situation and bring it back to kind of, you know, derail it off to what she wanted. She wanted that specific outcome and she would do anything for it. And I do think that people who are codependent potentially take that extra leap to do whatever they can to get what they want. And for those who don't know what Euphoria is about or what we're referencing in this scene, Rue is a drug addict and she's like a high school student. She's a drug addict and her mom found her stash of drugs and has like gotten rid of all the drugs and the character Rue has a huge meltdown. And then in the middle of the meltdown, she kind of like starts crying and is like, I'm so sorry. I can't help myself. Like I'm an addict. I have a problem. Prior to this though. Give me these drugs back. And it it almost makes you want to just, Oh, give it. Totally. totally. But I think that's a huge part of like when you're in a codependent dynamic. Like I even think about like I there are people that I would have done anything for because I cared about them so much. Yeah. And when you know that somebody you, like you have somebody in your corner that will do anything for mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. it's very easy to take advantage of that and I've also been in that dynamic where like I've had friends or family that I'm like I know that they'll do anything for me so you kind of like push the boundaries a little bit and you're like let me see how far you would really go 
Yeah, that is actually so true. That point is really huge because I do think that sometimes you can assume though that like the codependent person or the person who's kind of willing to do anything for the other a lot of the time you think that that's the only person who kind of has the problem or is in the wrong. But I do think, like you mentioned, I have honestly been in that situation before where I've had someone who was going to do really anything, you know, for you. And I feel like it's the, the tricky part of it is, and I would say I've seen this even just like middle school, young girls, like crazy. And I think I've definitely seen people who take advantage of that in a really horrible, like dangerous, negative way. And I've also seen it where you can kind of tiptoe, like, this is fun. You know what I mean? Like, you can think it's kind of playful, but you also understand, okay, like this person's going to kind of be up for anything. But then I've also seen other situations where it's like mean people, you know, mean kids, whatever. And someone's definitely recognizing their power over the other or just the dynamic of it. And taking advantage of it in a worse way. So it's it's a weird thing because, yeah, it's not that the codependent person's always the bad person in the scenario. It's like there's always someone who's who's taking advantage of the other just based on that imbalance. Well, I, I always think and like I say to myself, I have to take 50% responsibility for the dynamics of my relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you are in a codependent relationship, you are also enabling that person mm-hmm. yeah. because you are, you're constantly giving in and it's not mm-hmm. to put blame on the codependent person, but it's just to say that like, there's two people in a relationship. There's two people yeah. in a dynamic. You have to own at least what you've brought to the table. Totally. You know what I mean? You can't control yeah. the other person's emotions and reactions and you should never be at fault for that other person. But for yourself, it's like, what am I doing? How am I contributing? And it can be really tough too. Like mm-hmm. we're talking about codependency in like the um, context of friendships and romantic relationships. But like if you had a parent mm-hmm. or a sibling yeah. that you were in a codependent dynamic with, like if you grew up with a parent or a sibling that was abusive or that struggled with addiction mm-hmm. or that had, you know, a plethora of problems that they only would be the ones able to solve or Mm -hmm. to get help for and you were also you know managing their emotions or taking care of them and stuff like that's not a relationship that you can just be like well I'm out right 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 no totally that is huge because I feel like when people make that transition from high school to college something that I always heard was like now I can really pick my friends Like, I'm not showing up every single day, having to go to the cafeteria and having to see these people, whether you like them or not. It's like, no, you really do have that choice. But as you're mentioning, it's like in a relationship where it involves family, you know, people that you don't pick. These are people that are in your life, whether you like it or not. And I think that's really difficult because I think it potentially could be that much easier to just enable that situation because it's, it's, you know, blood, like you feel that connection, yeah. you want to make that person happy, even if you know that it's not the best decision for them, or, or you- maybe you don't even know that it's not the best, like if that's mm-hmm. all you've known from childhood, yeah. is this like toxic dynamic, you're not going to think it's toxic, you're just going to be like, that's my family, right, Ooh, girl, no, it is, it's, it's definitely, yeah. it has a wide range of ways that I think it can be implemented in people's lives and in different relationships and it's it's a hard one to really get into and you but know one thing funny mm-hmm. oh sorry really quick. no no no. 
I follow this therapist on Instagram and she is white and she made a post about like being more culturally sensitive in therapy sessions. And she had this black therapist on and they made like a TikTok and the black therapist was like pretending that she was a patient and she was like, oh, I feel like my family's so overbearing. Like they don't respect my boundaries. Like I'm having a really hard time. And the therapist, like the white woman that was a therapist, her response was, oh, like you need to set hard boundaries and like, don't, you know, cut your family out of your life in areas that they're, you know, treating you negatively. And then the black woman was like, we don't really do that in my culture. Like I couldn't do that with my family. Like that's just not the way our family dynamics work. And the whole video was basically about, you know, like therapists need to be more culturally sensitive and know that their tactics may not work for every culture. And I also think that like, I never thought about that before. Like, it's not very typical for Black people to cut their family out. Yeah. No, no. I mean, even when you think about, I recently just watched the new horrible Tyler Perry Medea movie. Like, low budget. Bro, I love Medea movie. This was as low budget as it could be. (laughs) You know they're all low budget. They make (laughs) these movies in three hours. This was giving me clip art. No, it was horrible. <laughs> like iMovie clip art. It was it was a different it was different. But what I was getting to is like the classic scenes, family reunion, everyone together. Yeah. Whether you like them or not, you're all together. You're all figuring it out for sure. I think that's a huge thing. And there are probably big cultural differences with that. I mean, you see that all over TikTok, even just in ways where it's like, this person saying that to their parent, what would your parent do? You know, it just <laughs> it kind of showcases that difference. But with that, actually, kind of a side note, I do think when it comes down to therapy or even with your friends or just different resources that you kind of, I guess, leverage, I do think, yeah, that cultural understanding can be hard because I do feel like whether it's even ethnicity wise or if it's just like where you grew up, kind of like the lifestyle yeah. that you're familiar with, all of that totally has such a huge impact on everyone else and how you interact with others. And I have definitely found that even when we were in college, it's like, there were people that I was meeting who really did have a very different upbringing than I did. And I feel like it's hard because, you know, you have to try to meet in the middle, but in the same respect, there are things that I was recognizing, like, Hmm, like that's not for me, but it's just trying to find a way to, when someone is, let's say codependent and you see again, kind of getting to maybe the family life or, or, or some of these factors that you really don't even have much of a say in, you have to be able to recognize when to step away if you can, because you're realizing that this is so out of your hands. And also it just might not even be something that you can relate to fully. So you have to try to find a way to understand that. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think for everybody that's been listening to this episode, that's like, this means nothing to me, like codependency that's so far outside of the realms of what I'm used to. Like I've never dealt with any relationships like this. A big part of codependency is people pleasing and people pleasing is a part of codependency, but codependency is not a part of people pleasing. So Mm -hmm. you can be a people pleaser and not be codependent, but if you're codependent, you're automatically a people pleaser. But I think a lot of people are people pleasers for sure. don't either realize it or think that that's a problem. So like maybe you're not codependent, but you may be sacrificing yourself in service of other people and it may just be anybody in your life totally and it could be I mean I think sometimes it doesn't even have to be like 
from like kind of stemming from trauma or stemming from something like it could be something as little as you were in a relationship and someone never really like validated you like never really validated your thoughts or never really validated like you as a person and wanted to commit to you whatever it might be to where at that point you might start seeing your own self-worth differently and so you're Mm -hmm. bringing that into your new relationships and it could be something as little as always saying sorry for things that like don't even require that or just little behaviors that you start to implement in your day-to-day really as a response to something that happened or something that you've seen or witnessed and I feel like that to me is part of it like I can see that as being a trait or a characteristic stemming off of it because I do think like I've had conversations with friends about codependency and um, I think it can be a really triggering like jarring word and it makes people feel like I mean, I hate being labeled as anything, right? Like, I don't yeah. want to feel like someone is, like, self-diagnosing me for Like, no. You know? No one likes that. So, it's like, take a step back. It's not even saying that you're this or that. I think it's just being, it's so good to be aware of some of your behaviors and understanding, like, hmm, I do say sorry all the time. Or, hmm, I do this all the time. And where did that come from? And, like, why am I doing that? What am I trying to get from doing that? Yeah. I think when you start to do that, you start to understand, yeah, maybe you're just people pleasing or maybe you're just trying to suppress your emotions because you just don't feel like they're validated. Mm. And I think we talked about this in confidence. Like it only takes one meaningful person in your life to repeat to you enough times mm-hmm. that there's something wrong with you or that you don't think about things the correct way or that your emotions aren't valid or that you're yeah. crazy or anything like that for you to start to believe it. One influential person repeating the same thing to Mm -hmm. you more than I think two times, you are liable to think that like, okay, well maybe I really am this label. And Mm -hmm. so then you go out of your way to like overcorrect. And -hmm. I think that's another way that people pleasing can show up is like, you want to go so far in the opposite direction that you end up bending over backwards for somebody who probably just like couldn't see your worth in the first place Mm -hmm. or like you said it's like always saying sorry or it's feeling like maybe people will leave you if you don't Mm -hmm. do everything in service for them like your friends will drop you your boyfriend or your girlfriend won't want to be with you anymore and like I think really at the end of the day when you are people pleasing you're only displeasing yourself like you're making everybody else happy and then you are struggling. Yeah. No, that's that's huge. I think that's where it just gets to, like, finding, being really self-aware and understanding how things make you feel, why you're doing things. Like, I even used to – I've had a few people in my life who would do this where they'd be asked to do something from someone else. And then they would be, regardless of what they were doing, they would drop everything in that moment and go do that and it was almost like I would say I've just never been that type of a person I feel like I would I mean I'm someone who if I don't want to do something I recognize it and it's totally something that like okay I have to really get up the you know mustard to do it but in this situation it was just always like dropping anything whether you liked it or not and did it and I, I think sometimes in those moments I just feel like you know recognize when you're feeling it sounds silly, just like recognizing you're feeling funny about something and take, yeah. take ownership of the fact that like, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. And you don't have to please anyone if you really don't want to. And for whatever silly reason, I do think that that is so much harder said than done or easier said than done. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. 100%. But I think another 
like negative symptom of people pleasing is then you start to become resentful when people ask you for Uh things yeah because they're so used to you always saying yes and you're so used to always saying yes that at a certain point you you are getting resentment and you Mm -hmm. are feeling angry towards that person but it's like they have not switched up if if Pilar was a people pleaser and for years I'd just been asking Pilar to go out of her way finally starting to build up all this resentment and getting really nasty towards me every time I asked her to do something mm-hmm. I have not changed I'm still <laughs> I'm still holding up my 50% of our dynamics yes. you now are realizing that there are some issues in the way that you have been acting towards me Ooh. and now we are having conflict oh my gosh that's such a good point that is such a good point because I've definitely seen that like in a relationship setting where it's like someone is just trifling from the jump. From, <laughs> the jump. from the jump. And then you get to this point where you're like recognize like at that point, kind of like the rose colored glasses fade. They fade and they fade and they fade and you look what you're left with and you're just like, wait a minute, you are an issue. You are a huge problem. And then you're like, but you have not changed a bit. Like you were the same person you are today that you were however many, you know, months, years, weeks ago. And I think that to me is like, it is an eye-opening experience, but I do that literally you said it perfectly. Like that is so, so true. And I think even with that whole resentment piece, I think I've seen people who are people pleasers, who will do things, but keep a tally. And, and it, that to me also. Yeah, like, those are the ones you have to watch. That's such a problem. Because, <laughs> you know, one thing that also I feel like a lot of people see now is like, you know, you can't, ex- I think it's like, you can't expect someone to love you the way that you show love or you, yeah. when you do something, it's pretty much gets down to like, when you do something nice, you can't just expect, don't do it with the intention of getting that back. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of people who can be people pleasers end up doing that and kind of exercising that behavior. And then it does become to like build up in this very like resentful way. And yeah, it's, it's just, it all comes back to being able to identify some of your traits and and things that are good, things that are bad. And then also recognizing them in your friendships, like all, I mean, you don't need to be like, you know, on alert every minute. But I do think sometimes that stuff can wear away at you. It can wear away at your friends, your romantic partners, whatever it is. I think that it, you know, it, it's not always just codependency. There's so many little traits and characteristics that I think can build up to it. A hundred percent. And I would encourage everyone to just look back at the definition of codependency again because there's so many pieces that go into it that you may be exhibiting or you may mm-hmm. know people who are exhibiting and it doesn't necessarily mean that they're codependent, but like yeah. if they're always suppressing their emotions or if they're people pleasers or if they have a savior complex or anything like that, like those yeah. are things to just be on the watch of and be aware of. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those episodes where like we don't have an answer of like next <laughs> steps. You know what I mean? This isn't like, you know, oh, self-care it out. It's like no. yes. for the episode the podcast episode I was listening to and have listened to ten times over now, you know, she had to go to a twelve step program to right. deprogram her brain to not yeah. be codependent anymore. So like it it can get all the way up to like you need a program and some help. Right. Yeah. No. And I think even with this episode, sometimes it just comes down to like opening up the conversation. Cause I look at it where it's like, sometimes it's just nice to be more aware of, Hmm, 
that is weird that this person does that. Or like, I've always felt weird about that. And I didn't really know, like, is that supposed to be that way or not? You know, because also like codependency doesn't even have to be in the sense of like people pleasing this, that or the third. But I think sometimes people can be confused even as to thinking like codependency means that I need to in proximity be with someone all the time or not. Like there's this confusion around like I'm not codependent because I'm not always with them. And it's like, no, 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 no. I think when you are like emotionally unwell due to somebody else a behavior, uh, anything, I do feel like that's when it's not always codependency, but I think that's, that's a trigger. Do you know what I mean? Like that is something that should be a red flag more so than anything. If you have somebody in your life where if they have a bad day, you have a bad day, or if you walk in the room and their emotions like are off and you automatically feel off like it just ruins your whole day and you feel like you have to find a way to fix it that's something to tap into and and to explore further doesn't mean you're codependent but it's also you know why why are you why are your emotions your emotional state being so affected by somebody else you know and just think about what that dynamic looks like right because I think you know, typically, I mean, that's what everyone always says. My mom's having a bad day. Oh, I know everyone's going to be, you know, having a bad day. Like, it's just a ripple effect. And I don't know if, typically, it's like, okay, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But I do think it does, can, it, you know, it can present in ways where it's something to be just aware of. Like, there's yeah. only so much that you can do. And people say this with relationships, too. It's kind of like, you aren't my source of happiness or like you aren't going to be like the source of me, you know, waking up in the morning, but it's kind of like you exist as your own. And then you both are bonuses in each other's lives. Like, obviously it's, it's such a, a wide scale of it. It's not saying that this is horrible. If you feel like, Oh my gosh, she's having a bad day. I feel bad. You shouldn't be like not caring, but it just kind of gets to that point of like how much responsibility of it is really yours? Like, is it really your full responsibility? A hundred percent. So yeah, we really just wanted to open up the conversation and, you know, present something that people can think more deeply about in terms of their own emotional and mental well-being the emotional and mental well-being of the people around them if you feel like you may be codependent or a people pleaser we highly encourage that you consult with a licensed therapist psychologist so that you can really get an accurate definition of what some of the symptoms that you're presenting are amounting to we definitely don't want anyone to like take this and be like oh my god I'm codependent like take (laughs) this and be like this was interesting I felt like I heard a lot of things that overlapped with me I think I want to do some further research that's where we want this to end we don't want anyone to be labeling themselves or labeling (laughs) their friends or family members as codependent because right none of us are experts so ask none of us I agree. And if you don't have access to like a therapist or whatnot, I honestly just think like getting other perspectives can help. Like you listening to that podcast. though, like, I feel like certain things like that can just help start the conversation and give you more, I guess, perspective in terms of, Hmm, like I've also had that happen on my end. It's interesting that this person can also speak to it. Sometimes like just that is comfort enough. So you don't always have to go, you know, down the road of therapy, but I think if it gets there, totally, that's an option. But I think there's more people who probably have shared experiences than you would even imagine. Yeah. And we'll put the um, episode 
of the podcast that I've been referencing on our Instagram so that you all can check it out and tap in. But this has been another episode of A Space for Growth. You can follow us on Instagram at Our Communal Diary. Please leave us a rating, a five-star podcast rating, (laughs) and leave a review and let us know what other topics that you all want us to cover because we're super excited to dive into anything. Nothing's off the table. Nothing is off the table. In fact, we're thinking of doing another Q&A. So we would love to get your guys' thoughts on how you guys liked the previous one. We will link that on our Instagram again for a refresher, but we would love to kind of have it be more of a back and forth. Um, and yeah, awesome. Well, enjoy your week, everybody. <laughs> enjoy your week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>